Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Grab, and welcome once again to another Rip Roman Reds podcast. It is uh, Saturday evening. We're off the back of a 5 0 win over Crystal Palace. And I am joined, as ever, by my host, Jace. How you doing, Jace? Yeah, mate. I'm good. I'm good. We've won Saturday. New glasses. Look, arms and everything. Yeah. Not broken. Good. No, arrived today. I'm very happy. I'm very happy. Well, is, is that happiness going to stay here, Jace, or is it? Because uh, we, we've been talking a little bit before the pod. <laughs> We're going to get into all these talking points. And it might be a bit yin and yang. Jason's going to be the yang to my yin. It might not be all uh, flowers and roses, right? Look, it might not be. But everyone's just going to have to wait and see, right? Um, it, we won. Let's take the positive away. But we also need to critique where, where I think where necessary. So I'll say, I'll leave it at that. No, no spoilers, no spoilers. What a tease, what a Come tease. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get the intro music Saturday. on and then I'm going to, well, my Saturday was fine. Saturday. It was a, uh, what did I do? I went to the tip, it was really boring. <laughs> so, all right, yeah, get the intro music on, get the intro music on. Right, all right, we get the intro music on, then we're going to get into it. Right, yeah, I, I, I jumped the gun on my Saturday. It was really boring. So, uh, yeah, we're not going to talk about it. Let's do what we usually do on this show, which is a rip roll review. It's Saturday. We won 5 0. It's got to be big. It's got to be banging. It's got to be positive, right, Jace? Right, Jace? <laughs> Look, um, am I happy? Yeah, but let's not get carried away on anything that we have seen today. It was a positive step forwards, right? I think we can all agree a positive step forward um, and a needed step forward, a really badly needed step forward. Um, however, like, Palace exceptionally bad. I mean, have you watched the worst team at the Emirates this year? I don't. I mean, maybe Sheffield United, but I, I don't remember seeing a worse team play at the Emirates this year. Um, look, uh, we are still vulnerable. A moment of complacency, a piece of poor distribution, a lack or a lapse in concentration, and we are prone to being punished very quickly. Um, you know. Also, adding to it, at 3-0, 60 minutes, I want to see no mercy. No mercy. I want to see us absolutely murder them, especially Palace. And uh, at the point in time, I was getting quite frustrated. And I think credit to Martinelli, he followed through and, and scored two goals right at the end. But I think it was quite fortunate, if I'm honest. Um, and I'm glad he came off the bed and, uh, off the bench and did that. Um, and we stay level-headed and we keep moving on. But for me, uh, great first step, happy the three points. But I'm, through this pod, probably going to critique, critique what I see as improvements. Because that's all I care about now, consistency and improvements. It's about going levels now. It's a run into the end of the season. It's about levels. So, yeah, there you go. Said my piece. More to come later. <laughs> Nice. Uh, well, not to peek behind the wizard's curtain, uh, but I uh, and myself and Jace were talking about this pre pre pod, and um, yeah, uh, he stole my rip run review, so I'm going to have to go in a slightly different direction. Um, not necessarily a completely different direction. I'm going to taper Jason's possible papering over the cracks. With the fact is, we're third place, we're two points off the top of the league, albeit with uh, Liverpool, and Man City having a game in hand, but we're still very, very much uh, amongst it. And I think that, like Jay said, there's the running and there's going to be a difficult running. It's a big, hot um, running that's including a lot of teams. There's going to be a big, big mix for it. Unlike last year, where we were kind of steamrolling ahead and we had Man City kind of really gunning for us. There's a lot of teams now that can take points off each other. And there's still there's a lot more twists and turns in this story. And so I kind of look with some optimism towards the end of this year, whereas I think there was fear last year i think we we kind of knew 
what was going to happen. And I mentioned this on previous pod. I kind of have still have a bit of fear. Man City, Kevin De Bruyne, Haaland coming back. Who could not be worried about that? But there's a lot of good teams. And a lot of good teams that can take points off each other. And if we stay level-headed, if we learn from some of those mistakes last year, it's going to be exciting. And now I'm really looking forward to it, to be honest. We're playing Liverpool in two weeks' time. We're going to be going to that game. And it's big. That is a big, big game. You know, three points off the... Uh, no, sorry, two points off the top. With that big game uh, lurking in two weeks' time, I mean, it's exciting, and I'm I am optimistic. Not 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 like shitting a brick. <laughs> Ask me fifteen minutes before kickoff, Jace, and uh, yeah, I might tell you a, a different story potentially. But let's let's wait and see. Uh, we got. Loads to talk about in today's show. Probably far too many topics. So anybody expecting to roll out of this one in 30 to 45 minutes, unfortunately, you're going to have to get comfortable because this is going to be a big, big show. And first, we're going to start that off with uh, this. This topic is all about total control. And I, I named it Teta Ball is back. And Jason talked a lot about Teta Ball uh, on previous pods in watching some of that uh, really flowing football. For me, this was a game of total control and total dominance. But I don't think Jace shares my view of this game. And I'd like to go to you first to kind of see what you kind of saw in this game, maybe what other people weren't seeing. Okay. Look, I don't deny the tetable dominance, the control of the game. That was obviously there. I mean, Palace were awful. They put three at the back. They had no interest really in penetrating and fighting us in the midfield. And, and their shots were all pretty much been outside the box, like long range shots forcing right safes. So, like, I don't disagree with the total control, but, you know, it looks like a strong victory on paper. Does, right? 5-0. Looks like a strong victory on paper. But was it really that strong from an attacking perspective? I think I'm seeing this game differently to everyone else. But was it, like, six six shots on target, something like that, and only five goals? And, 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 like, it was just the luck that... It's like all of the goals that we've needed in the last three games just all went in in this game. Um, so I'm I'm looking at this going, this didn't feel as good. You know, I think I saw, I've seen people on Twitter say, you know, arguably stronger from attacking performances in the Liverpool and West Ham games, genuinely. And and that, so I'm not trying to be negative. I'm really happy with the win. I think it's, it's good. But um, I was a little frustrated in big parts of the game because I saw it controlling it, but it was quite boring. And I, I feel like the Martinelli goals at the end really kind of put a a real positive lens on the game, which is great, but it maybe doesn't show the reflection of the overall game. You know, a couple of our chances didn't come. How many of our, our chances before that came from actual attacking play versus set pieces? as an example, right? That, that that flow, that fluidity is there all the way through the team. We control the game until we get to the final third. And then we're like just stuck. We're stuck. And that's the thing that I keep observing. And that's the right reason why I'm like, am I seeing this differently from other people? I don't want to be down. Like, don't get me wrong. I am really happy we won. I'm just like, I'm, I, I, I felt like this during the game, right? And so I'm kind of expressing how I felt in the game. I was a little frustrated. I was a little annoying. At points, I was like, this is kind of boring. And I was like, this is Palace. This should be fun. We should be absolutely smashing them. And as I said, no mercy. No mercy. They were awful. We'd have been properly in our stride from an attacking sense. You know, I know you want to talk about Saka a little bit as well and how maybe he was a little bit absent. That's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. Um you know, if we'd have been in our stride, we should have been absolutely smashing them. And that's why I think, you know, as I said, Martinez's goals put a little bit of a shine on it at the end, which probably doesn't reflect actually how the game went. Maybe I'm being too negative, but that's my that's my perspective. I, I'm going to put that question back to you, Greg. You know, do you do you see what I'm saying? Have you a different view to me? Am I crazy? Uh, you know, the, uh, I mean, can yeah, I answer yeah. the last question <laughs> separately? You are crazy. Um, not not anything to do with Arsenal football. Um, it is. I, I wrote a note, uh, and actually, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I wrote a note that said, "Is finishing still an issue?" Because we really only scored those open play goals when the game was stretched. 
when the game we were counter-attacking, Palace didn't look very interested in defending or at least tracking their men. And thus we, we found openings and it could have been more like you're saying, maybe it does add a sheen of polish over the top of that game, which may have not have been there had Martinelli not scored those goals. The thing I think about control is that maybe this is you, you raised about the six shots. So our, our XG was just under four. I think it was like 3.84. And we've talked in the previous pods about the games where we had really high XG, a lot of shots, but no goals to show for it. And the, the term of luck or fortune turning on those games and say you might play those games in one in 10 games we have the result that we had and nine out of 10 of those games we win those games because those the, the games with a high xg we, we we actually do have those opportunities we take them and in this game we took them like i say the, the five and the the, the xg were, were kind of relative in the sense that we were i suppose more fortunate in this game or at least putting away more of our opportunities i don't i don't think scoring from set pieces is a problem i'll take it all day long I do agree that maybe we're not being as, um, I don't know what the word I would use for it, but in front of goal, we are shy. And all of our dominance and all of our ball control and everything is all up until basically the six-yard box. Anything outside of the, inside of there, or even in the 18-yard box, to be honest, anything inside of that is when we start. There's a note I wrote that effectively, I think it was um, Havertz again, just kind of like and then, and not taking his chance and, and taking too long on the ball and it's like he froze and Alan Shearer's article in The Athletic talked about that killer instinct that we still seem to be lacking and that is still there for sure that lack of killer instinct is still certainly missing so I certainly agree with you on that part yeah well, that'll come into my ESR my ESR talk later on actually well yeah I think we both kind of agree on that point but the, the point I do want to make about the, the Teta ball and the, the control of this game so Arteta, Arteta loves starving opposition of the ball he loves taking total control and not giving them opportunities and one one note I was thinking of um, taking was the fact that in games where we do dominate opposition like we did we had a stat months back whereas basically any any game where David Raya faces one shot on target or more we concede. Now, I wonder if there's an element of concentration here that where we are dominating teams as much as we are, when we are either pinched in the final third or counter-attacked on, we just don't expect it because we are just so uh, fixated on the idea that we are in control of this game that as soon as it turns on, on its head, we don't know what to do. Um, obviously, that didn't happen here. and there were, well, Maybe it did happen on occasion, and we'll talk about Raya later on. But it was just, I, I do feel that Odegaard was still pretty good in this game, free-flowing the ball, controlling the game. You know, Rice was still very good in the game, doing his usual 7 out of 10 kind of performance. We we literally just didn't give them anything. And that is, like I say, even in games where you're not necessarily scoring a heap from open play, Arteta is likely right in his philosophy that if we continue to do that, we'll win games. I just don't think that we Palace are a team that were going to punish us. So it was easy for us. <laughs> I mean, there was, yeah, I, yeah, I, I kind of get, I kind of get that, particularly at home. But there was, a, you know, the commentators before the game, uh, Peter Drury usually comes out with some lovely one-liners during his commentary, and I think one of the lines he said, it might not have been Peter Drury today, sorry, um, it might because it was on BT, so it would have been one of the uh, likely awful commentators that they have. Um, They've, they've called out a line that Palace have not won at Arsenal for like three decades. So I was like, well, there's the kiss of death. <laughs> cheers, cheers for that. <laughs> because it's, you know what I mean? It's like one of those things written in the stars. Yeah. It happens all the time for us. And obviously it didn't, but kind of did put, uh, in my own mind, a little bit of the cat amongst the pigeons. I was kind of a little bit nervous pre, pre-kickoff and the first kind of five minutes of that game because it was a game that we definitely needed to score early in. And we didn't necessarily mm. score super early. And you could tell even in the crowd, there was a little bit of nervousness creeping in in those first kind of 15 minutes. Yeah, it went quite flat, didn't it? I think it, like at a certain point after the first 10 minutes when we kind of start. But that's happened. That's quite common as well at the moment. Like we start with a little bit of engine and it goes flat for a while. And, and then yeah. the nerves creep in. And then we let a go- you know, sometimes we let a goal in uh, in that period as well, which isn't great. True. So, yeah, but. Controlling the game, yeah, but improvements to be made as always. We can always improve. 
Uh, nice. Let's move swiftly on then. Uh, this uh, segment is called Gabby at the Back, Gabby and Attack. For anybody that does sing uh, the song at the Emirates and now can't say Tierney at the back, well, now we have our, our monster, Gabrielle, both in defence and in attack. He decided to go ahead and score what I think is two goals, or the second one wasn't given to him. It was given as an OG against uh, Henderson. Um, what did you think about Gabriel's performance today, Jace? Do you think he is the monstero, as people are calling him on Twitter? Well, we, he's completely underrated, right? I, I think you and I both agree on this. So Lever gets the, the plaudits, and, and Gabriel is completely underrated, especially by rival fans. But today, he he was. I mean, can can you put fault at anything he did today? Um, you know, one, the goals, absolutely brilliant in set pieces. You know, I, I actually think we've been not so great at set pieces recently. Um, so to see him put both away, and he was a target throughout the whole game for set pieces. They were very much focusing on him. So I, I, I think there was something they've must have been doing in training. He was. You know, and and it it turns out Palace swapped the players around for set pieces after he got those goals. Uh, the two defenders that were marking Saliba and Gabriel. I think they were marking Saliba, thinking Saliba was a bigger threat. Turns out, turns out Gabriel was, and 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 he was the target. Do you remember? I don't know if you saw in the first half when he got really like quite far up the pitch, out of position. But it was the aggressiveness on the press in the corner. And I was just like, you know, that's that was a bit. I was like, God, get in there, like, you know, proper. Yeah. I, I just that's what you want to see. Um, defensively solid as always. I mean, Palace didn't offer much to really maybe threaten his abilities, if I'm completely honest. Um, I'm happy though. Brilliant performance from him. Best player on the field. I think he got man of the match and well deserved. I'm gonna. Uh, I don't know if I put a, a segment, but I'm gonna talk about something else after Gabriel just quickly. But um. Totally agree with you. He is completely underrated. I, I saw I, that that one bit down the left wing where he was basically like our full, uh, a furthest player forward and he was holding up the ball. He made a challenge. He, he wanted to draw the foul. And I think it was a foul. Didn't get it given our way. But that was, you just don't see it. And it's just incredible to see that type of player, that type of ambition. You know, a lot of centre-backs particularly will be too scared to be in that kind of position. You would never, I know this is a bad comparison. You wouldn't see Rob Holding ever in that position because he, he just knows that he'd never be able to either get back, to be in position, to be, you know, all of those things. And you're right, he was targeted for the for the um, set pieces. And I think we have to uh, congratulate Nikola Shova again. Although you said we've been poor, and I think we even talked about this previously, we have been. Yeah. We're actually the best in the league. The set, you know, non-penalty set pieces, we're the top in the league. We, we seem to just do, and I don't know whether or not, because Arteta has signed a lot of big, tall, aggressive physical players and you know and targeting those players and also the ben white around the keeper you know chef's kiss um i love just the shit housery is is just uh, great and it was, at least this well at least this time around he didn't get there was one where we got a goal chalked off by var for i think he was grabbing his finger or something i, I i'm sure i remember ben white doing that and he's at least uh learning the dark arts a little bit more to to get away with those uh little ones um, so, yeah, Gabby was fantastic. Some really cool stats I just wanted to call out. So thanks to Opta Joe um, for these. Arsenal have now scored more headed goals than any other team in the Premier League. Which I thought was incredible. Um, Ever. We've na- yeah. Uh, and we've, uh, so we've got 11 this season now. And the highest Premier League tally of all time is 17. Uh, so only six away. Okay. Which I thought was nice. interesting. Um, the player I wanted to also just mention in this segment, because you, you just mentioned... Um, you know, about the defensively was um, I want to give some flowers to Zinchenko really quickly because I I feel he had a really good game today. There was only one thing where I think he maybe gave away the ball maybe once, but generally speaking, it's, it's night and day when he plays for this team and comes in and kind of in that position and the things that he does. And he made like yeah. some of his cross field balls today were unreal absolutely unreal he, he, he certainly had some weird bits in Dubai and I feel he came into this game and was really really good and I, I think had Gabriel not scored I think Zinchenko should have a shout for, for man of the match um, in this match I don't know if you agree yeah I, I think he was great and um, you can only assess what's on the field and he was brilliant um, but you know what I'm going to say about Zinni it's Palace 
Yeah, so. yeah, and we always know that he does quite well against worse opposition. It's really, really funny actually because we we've talked obviously about him lots and lots of times before. And my one of my original uh, notes that I took was uh, the yin and yang of of Shinchenko. Like you, you have to take the good with the bad, the rough with the smooth. And in this game, yeah. there was just a lot more good than there was bad. And you know, but you will get the reverse of that in certain games. Yeah, I, and to be fair, I think um, with Shinchenko, look, it's. We, we have him as a piece of our armory. That's what he's there for. I think the vulnerabilities that he has are exposed more because we've not even had Timber to play left-back or, or Tommy Esso's play left-back at times. And there'll be games where he might not even be playing, right? Is he going to really be playing against City, maybe? Or because City can wind him up. We've seen that. Um, mm. Liverpool as well. You know, is he always going to start those games or are you going to have a Timber or a Tommy Yassi playing who's much more defensively solid Timber is just another Gabriel, another Saliba. He's big, he's strong. You know, if those are fit, he may not be playing. And then we maybe aren't we, we maybe aren't criticizing uh and critiquing him how we have had to this season. Um, and that's only because he's the only option that we've had and we've had to use him. So look, he's a good player. He and he is a, a great asset to us, especially with how he inverts. I just think he is he's not necessarily always the starting left back. He is he is one of a tactical arsenal that we have to use in our defence. No pun intended. No pun intended. Uh, right. So, both agree. Shinchenko, Gabriel, fantastic in yeah. this game. Oh, are we talking about Gabby and the other Gabby in this section as well? Well, let's, let's talk about it because we, we did have the opportunity to rename the section. Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Oi, oi, oi. Because obviously we have a lot of Gabbies and maybe the one that you don't think is going to be going full Thanos and taking it upon himself to to snap everyone away and score the goals. There were two others, but let's talk about the, the striker. Yeah, I mean, look, I've made a... There's a point I, I I observed in the game and I made a couple of notes on this. So, look, Jesus, how many times has he been offside in this game? I lost count. Uh, he's not the kind of striker, right, that plays on the line waiting for the through ball like Thierry used to be you know, looking for a the commentators, ball, the you... commentators made a, po- a point of that though that, that he he does and I've like I've never seen him play like that nah I've never seen him Thierry Henry style play the through ball one on one with a defender or just like on the line playing the line to then go through on the keeper and slot it in the corner like Thierry used to I've never seen him be that kind of striker for me, he is someone who is dropping into play, picking up the ball, being the creative link-up play. And the thing for me is today, to be honest, he wasn't even doing that well at all. Um, so he's not scoring. He's not getting in shooting positions, really. I didn't feel a strong... Uh, like, I don't think he was our attacking threat today from, from a goal-scoring perspective. And then when he is getting in those place positions where he's dropping in, he's dropping in from an offside position and getting pulled every single time. So for me, that's a big problem. That's a big problem. And that was something I observed today. And I was like, again, this was what was adding to my frustration. The points when I felt we could be putting Palace to the sword, I just kept seeing these opportunities. And it was like, oh, flags up again. Jesus hasn't watched the line again. Um, and I think that added to like you know the reasons I shared what I shared at the beginning of the pod. I was getting frustrated watching this. So yeah, I, I, you know, as you mentioned earlier to me for the pod, uh, I didn't watch the Brentford game. Tony's back, man of the match performance was it, and I grabbed a goal. Yeah, he grabbed a goal, man of the match performance. It's one of the things that I, I mean, it's been a while since I've watched Ivan Tony play any football. And um, you always kind of envisage him and all of the commentary and the, the kind of hype that we've seen more recently is all about he is a nine, a true nine. Um, but he actually played deep on occasion. He went out to the wing on occasion during the game that I saw against Brentford. I watched parts of it and it certainly called out to me. I, I took the exact same view of, uh, as you. What I I believe, you know, there, there's few things that you can get that you shouldn't be doing wrong as a striker. And one of them is being offside. If you're a striker... You should be watching that line and and using that peripheral vision at every opportunity you have to ensure that you're giving your other players around you the opportunity to feed you the ball as much as they can, because that's how you're going to score. And I think it was about six times he was caught offside. And if I was one of, you know, Saka, Martinelli, Trossard, Erdegaard, 
I'd be furious with him because I he's in the position to tell me if I can give that ball to him. And there was nothing wrong with any of the balls that he was being supplied. It wasn't to do with, oh, they timed the wrong incorrect, uh, the running correctly or they played the wrong ball or they waited on it too long. For me, it just appeared that it was all Jesus during this. And it is really putting into focus the... The, the the you know we've always said before that he does this and doesn't do that and i think the problem is that you're starting to see the less of the what he doesn't do anymore and that's a problem particularly if he's not scoring and uh you know i, I wouldn't say that eddie when eddie came on there was much uh you know it wasn't a long time that he was on for but it wasn't it, it definitely we're not going to get a striker in january let's be honest it's just not going to happen we're going to have to go in the run-in with both of these two and hope that we start having uh, Gabrielle scoring headers every five minutes uh, to, to dig us out of holes if we need to. But yeah, I, I'm with you. It was a pretty poor game on his part. Yeah. I mean, look, we'll, we'll talk about uh, Trossard's goal, but like that one part of Jesus' involvement in it just proved to me maybe he should just be a backup sometimes to Saka on the wing when we do eventually bring a striker in. He can, um, but even that, I would say that his, 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 there was another opportunity where we had a one of those counter attacks, and his pace his pace is worrying somewhat. In some of those, like Martinelli's pace is incredible. He's so fast. When he snaps onto that ball, no one else is catching him. It's just when he can't make the right decision that he gets caught out. Jesus is not, and I think it shows. Yeah, yeah, and no, I think it does. All right, let's um, move on to Trossard then, because you talked a little bit about Trossard. Um, we're going to do the left-wing face-off, because Arteta went with a different uh, left-wing starter and put Trossard in the starting eleven. Um I want to ask you, Jace, firstly, how did you feel about that? And then maybe talk us through what do you think of his game? Well, first of all, it completely threw me. Um, I wasn't expecting it. Were you expecting it? Uh, I wasn't expecting it, but I think we can all agree that Martinelli has been off the boil for some time now, and it probably is warranted. Yeah, yeah, I know. I think that's fair. Um, and, and maybe Trossard just did really well in Dubai. You know, maybe he was uh, scoring, scoring and banging goals in training. Who knows? But um, look, he got the nods. Uh, I wasn't overly impressed, especially in the first half. Um, but we were quite flat after the headed goals anyway. I made one note, 49 minutes, cut back, Trossard fluffed his lines. And I, I made a note, which was this perfectly outlines the inadequateness of our attacking capabilities at the moment. Yes, we were 2-0 up at the time, but for me, there was no excuses. I want to see him be completely ruthless there, no mercy. Um, and at that point, I was like, I'd, I mentally was like, I'd pull him. I'd pull him right now and put Martinelli on. Like, I want to see complete ruthlessness. That is an example of how he fluffed his lines at 2-0 with that, that, that cutback. Where I was like, that's the kind of examples where we've lacked not, not taking the goals that we've needed in previous games. That's the same kind of play. And for me, at that point, I uh, yeah, I was like, he's gone, he's got to go. And then, and then instantly, as I finished typing that, I think like <laughs> it was a counter attack, and then he he um, obviously he scored the goal from the counter. But I think the only thing I'd say also with the counter, like so, lovely taking goal, nice little cut and shimmy. Uh, the, the defender like just fell over though, right? I think he just couldn't hold his foot in; <laughs> it just it went down. Just made it easy for him, really. But, you know, he's still got to put it away and he did it. So, look, uh, he, he scored a goal. Uh, he did what was needed. Um, and as a backup winger, that's fine. Um, but uh, we still need clinicalness. And, um, yeah, he doesn't always show that. He doesn't always show that. Anything you want to add on Trossard? Did you, again, like, am I... I feel like I'm being very critical of all of our team, even though we've got a 5 0 win. Am I being too critical? Do you think he played bad? I don't think he played badly. I don't. I, I want more now. You can tell this whole, whole podcast. I want more. I want more. That's what I'm looking for. Mm. I mean, uh, it's really, pretty funny. Obviously, you're never going to be happy until we win 16 uh, 0 and uh, Saka's scoring seven goals, Jay. So, uh, uh, you know, always going to have to be critical. 
Um, I uh, no, I, I agree with you. I don't think he had a particularly strong game. The thing is that when, and we'll talk about Martinelli again in a second, but when he came on, I was seeing the same behaviours of Martinelli that we've seen again and again and again. And if it wasn't for the two goals that he did score in open play at the end of the game, I think we would have been having a different conversation about him. I think we would have been talking about Trossard probably starting again. Because um, the one thing that I think Trossard, uh, he's quite scary. I I think when he's facing into a defender and he he can be dangerous and he also shoots from distance quite often. That's one thing I do like as he does take opportunities where he can outside of the box. Martinelli just seems to want to drive down that left-hand channel and hit that byline and even hit the goal line as much as possible. He seems to beat defenders so many times, then just run out of room. Um, and it's really, really frustrating and something that you don't necessarily see Trossard do um, a lot of. And this was really interesting. So Trossard celebrated one year with the club. Um, I think it was today or yesterday. And in that period of time, he's got 20 goals and assists uh, collectively, which for a backup left winger is an incredible return on investment. And the second stat, which was really interesting to me, this is the first goal he scored for us that wasn't assisted by Saka, which I thought was really interesting. Um <laughs> Yeah. considering that Saka has been um, not necessarily at his best and not not really at this game either, that he was able to get a goal there. But I do think he took his goal really, really well. Um, like you say, even if you even if he kind of sat the defender down, he's still got a lot of work to do. Um, we've seen uh, Darwin Nunes, um, we saw it have a first-hand right, Jace, probably three times Darwin Nunes in this type of position and fluffed his lines every single time. So, well done to Trossard for at least putting it away, putting clinical, um, and and kind of more of that is what we need, despite the fact he may have fluffed his lines on the odd occasion. Um, Martinelli, yeah. then, what do you what do you want to talk? Because like like I said, I, I I've had my view that I don't think he was very good, despite scoring two goals, which may feel and seem odd, but I don't know if you kind of saw the same thing that I did. I think he's struggling on the left wing. That's what I think he's struggling with. He's doubled up on. He's really struggling to beat and get round, get round the defender to the byline. He's he's running to the byline, putting it out of play. He's not getting in behind. He's not doing what we we know he can do and what we've seen him do previously. And I think the way that teams are tactically setting up against him has been a problem this season. However, he does have a good strength. And that strength is running through on goal and having your classic Thierry slide. Um, slide? I knew you were going to make it. Slide foot. Slide foot it. But, but, you but that's the Thierry goal. Yeah, but it's obvious. I'm going to make that comparison because that is Thierry's. Like, I don't know. His, bread that's and just his, his bread thing. and butter. Yeah. yeah. And, and so when, when I see Martinelli score goals like that, I'm like, great. But then for me, it tells me you're playing in the wrong position. Because if that's what he can do, then either start him and slightly adjust so that we're putting him through on goal with more opportunities like that. You know, we do have Martin Odegaard that can do that. Um, Or have him as an impact player, but then you need to buy a new left winger. You need to buy a new starter. Which again, you know, we're good, you know. It's a nice little winger that plays on the left wing today for Crystal Palace. It'd be maybe a good, good starter on the left wing for us. Um, So... Look, he he's a great asset to us. Though I think his salary, uh, I mean, we don't talk about players' salaries much. But he's like, isn't he now like the second biggest earner at the club or the third? Like he's got a, he got to his contract renewal, it was a big salary. Was it one eighty, um, something like that? I thought it was like two fifty, wasn't it? I don't know. Maybe yeah, I'm, I'm maybe gonna I'm... look while you're talking, Jace. Yeah, I, I just feel that for a player that's gonna it's getting that much money as well. Um I feel like we're not kind of getting the return for, 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 for value a little bit there. Now that, as I said, you know, if, I, if he's struggling on the left because of how we're playing, then it's, it's Arteta's job to kind of figure out a way to get the, to, to unleash Martin, to get the best out of him. Um, and I think down the middle, you know, if he's going to do, if he's going to do that every game down the middle, then put him in over Jesus, please. Cause or even put hey keep Jesus on and play him on the left wing because he can play wing. 
in, in this, the work effort of Jesus, don't get me wrong, we love that. That's valuable to us. Maybe invert them. Just, just play them differently. Give it a try. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah, they say any news on them? 200, 180-200k a week. So we originally before Still, that though, he was earning about seventy. So it was a huge jump. bump for what would have been uh, one one season, right? Or one very good yeah. season. It was also still very early in his very career. Young. Yeah, very young mm. still. All right, let's go on to another topic of potential disagreement. <laughs> let's see. Raya Redemption. Uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to stand on the pedestal on the soapbox. I'm going to give my view first, and I'm going to let Jason uh, talk to the jury and see if uh, yeah. he wants to sway their uh, decision. I... I tweeted during this match that I felt that this was Davaraya's uh, best game in an Arsenal shirt. Um, mm -hmm. I can only recall one time during this game in which he potentially could have given uh, away something. He did play a loose pass through the middle. They had a shot. He made a really good save to stop it from going in. Um, I do think that with our way of playing, the risk and reward football, the playing out from the back, there is always going to be opportunity where this happens. And in our game, you have to accept it and move on from it and hope that the mistakes that you make and that cost you are few and far between. Um, Reyes' distribution in this game, I felt, was in, like at his best. The, the one that he played through, I think it was to Saka... Um, or I can't remember if it was to Trossard to, to get one of the goals. It was incredible. His long passes to uh, Havertz once again on the money um, and made some good saves. Not incredible saves. I think saves that you expect him to make. But I still like think we haven't really seen that. A lot of my discussion about Raya in more recent times has been the fact that we haven't seen him make good saves. Everyone talks about Ramsdale save against Leicester. That is the save. It's played on all the videos. It's in the ground. Everyone talks about it as that. That's what you need David Rea to do. And I still don't think we've we've necessarily got there yet. But I think he made some really good saves today that, you know, at 2-0, at 3-0, if you're letting in one of those opportunities, then that's where particularly the Arsenal of old will begin to creep in. And that result, despite the fact that Palace didn't do really anything dangerous this game, could have crept in. So I, I, I want to give not flowers, maybe a flower uh, to David Rea during this game. But, you know, he he hasn't had that many great performances in an Arsenal shirt. And so I just wanted to make sure I, I did give him some plaudits for what I feel was probably his best, in my opinion. The microphone handed over to you, Jace. Go on. Well, I don't think it was his best game. Played OK. Um, as you say, make it saves. Look, I'm... I was disappointed with the distribution element when he made that error. Now, as you say, he had a good game overall. And what you're telling me is that I need to accept that one error and move on. And that that is, that is what, what we, um, we just have to accept as Arsenal fans, if that's how we're going to play. Now, I kind of don't want to accept that. There's two reasons why I don't want to accept it from Raya anyway. One by one, we watched Allison play for Liverpool a couple of weeks ago in the Emirates. Flawless. He didn't make an error. We just spent 30 million on a keeper. I expect the same level, expect the same standard. We're going for a league title. Number two, well, Ramsdale used to make an error a game. Apparently, that's why we have to get Raya in for those marginal games. But I'm not seeing those marginal games. So, yeah. great game for Raya overall. Um, yeah, maybe, I don't know if it was his best one in Arsenal shirt, but it was an okay game. Clean sheet. You never complain. 5-0 on a clean sheet. But, again, this comes back to where he spent the money, right? And would I spend £30 million on Raya? Or would I put that money into Ivan Tony <laughs> Or a winger? I, I, don't, I, I, you know, I think Ramsdale had an exceptional game against Liverpool as well, right? Um, when he when he uh, came uh, in, so so look, we have two number ones, and we have one there who arguably is um, now working really hard, not getting games, and is costing us X amount of money. Where we and we bought we spent thirty million on another keeper, and I'm not seeing, I'm not criti criticizing Raya's performances. I'm more saying that I just 
I expected us to go to another level in the goalkeeping department, and we haven't. I'm going to... So I can see some of your points. I, I just want to say this. We don't have two number ones. We have one number one. Davareira is the number one. The Ramsdale ship has gone and sailed. There's a lot of people on that boat, and it's already ported in another port, Jace. I know we had an all right game against Liverpool. It's just not going to happen. We are, I, I suppose, trying to likely get some money for him, I suspect, because we're going to need to if we're going to fund players like Ivan Tony. I just can't see any way, you know, if we, we're going to talk about, well, let, let's move on to that. And we can talk about it here. We, we know that Arteta gives players the cold shoulder. Um, maybe we can talk about this in, in here because there's another player that has had the cold shoulder, did get a bit of an opportunity um, today in Emil Smith-Rowe. If I just quickly finish my, my Ramsdale point, I just can't see a way back in. When you've got the cold shoulder, you've got the cold shoulder. And I would say that for Raya, I'm sorry, for Ramsdale and the player that we're going to talk about now, Emil Smith-Rowe, I just can't, I, I don't think they're coming back in properly. Well, let's, let's move on to Emil. Look, it was reported he had a storming two weeks in Dubai. Apparently he was on fire in training and he was going to be given a shot to the end of the season. So much that I think the West Ham inquiry has been pushed back, right? You see the West Ham inquiry for yeah, a loan? We, yeah, we basically said not going to happen. So I think that Emil is going to get his shot. Now, for me, again, I, I've berated a little bit my unhappiness at what I felt was a bit of a... Um, uh, laziness, but it was just we slowed the game down. Like we didn't kill them at the end, and that was the point. And we brought Emil on. Now maybe we're expecting Emil to do that, but I, I, you know, the rest of the team has to be on board with that as well. And I just didn't feel that energy. Uh, I was happy to see him get twenty minutes because that's better than what he's been getting before. I still think we could give him more. I think we could have started him if he was doing that well in training, and we're only playing Palace. I'd have started him to be honest. Um. But I hope he gets time between now and the end of the season. I think the signs are there for Emil. You know, Havertz didn't have the best game today, if I'm honest. And he can play in that left eight and the signs are there. And what I mean by those signs, I think about the Emil Smith-Rowe against Spurs multiple times. You get that ball to him in the right place, just inside the 18-yard box, edge of the box. He's putting that ball in the back of the net. And there were a few times where they, the, the, the cutback, they tried to get it through to him. It just didn't come through. But he was in the position. And that's the most important thing, in the position. Because if the, he gets that ball in that position, I don't have a fear like we had the other week where Odegaard passed it to the side. I don't have a fear of Emil. Emil's shooting. Emil's shooting. That's what he does. Um and you could see that he was getting in that. Um, and I reckon that's what they saw in training as well. I reckon that's just, it's like, ah, that's the old Emil. Um, interestingly, also, just to add to that, though, I think there was a couple of times that it did come to Odegaard similarly today, and he did take his chances, but they were blocked. Um, so it's good to see that our two attacking midfielders are getting in those positions. And, you, you know, you talked about earlier, I think this is where I, I did want to mention it, like, Habits, lack of killer instinct in those some of those positions, right? And dawdling a bit. Yeah, screw it. Emil, put him in. Put him in. Give him the opportunity. Give him games from game time from the start. I want to see it. He's I mean, Arsenal boy through and through. We know we all want to yeah. see it. So what's the risk? I mean, maybe you'd say don't take the risk against Liverpool. Habits can probably cause more problems being a bigger lad. But you know, if we play in another, you know, if we're gonna play, we've got to play Luton at home, we've got to play Sheffield United still. We were playing Forest away in a week and a half's time. You know, when, when's he going to get his chance? You've got to give him his chance somewhere. I mean, I, I'd, I'd like, I, you know, the, the the reception he got when he came on, incredible. A lot of, you know, the Emil Smith Rowe song was resounding around the Emirates. Everyone wants to see the boy succeed, and we've seen the things that he can do. And I totally agree with you. When he came on, he was hungry, he was aware, he was alert, he was ready. To, to take the game, he was really a bit of energy into the game, like you say, is what he injected. My counter-argument is, Jace, that, like I said, he has the Arteta cold shoulder. This is an element of Arteta's man management that I do feel is completely lacking. He, he finds it difficult to either forgive or let players come back into the fold and, you know, have that... Uh, 
I don't know whether or not it's like emotional fragility. I don't know what word I would use for it, but it's something that Arteta just hasn't kind of um, adopted or matured in yet. And we've seen it with Ramsdale. We're seeing it with Emil Smith-Rowe. He, he once again here, I can't remember when he came on exactly. I think he got 20 minutes. It's more than three, um, which is good. But we were 3-0 up at this point, I think. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. Could be two, maybe 3-0. Let's see. Um, but he came on with nothing to lose or win or, or gain, in my opinion. It was a, a free roll of the dice, effectively. And I just can't see him starting him in, in games. Or just anything that we've seen from Arteta previously is telling me. It's going to be Havertz. It, it, it's it's the Ramsdale Rea situation all over again. I've seen him make one mistake or he's done something wrong, and I've moved on to another player who I believe is better or can be better, and thus I am going to continually bet on that guy to be better, even if he's not. And that's not to say Havertz is failing or anything like that. I, I agree with you, Jace. I, I think he needs a start in birth. I literally wrote on my notes, needs a start. I just can't see him getting it. I don't know. Tell, tell me if you dis- tell me if you disagree with that. I don't disagree with that. I don't know if he is so much in the Arteta cold shoulder because I don't think he'd even be coming on for twenty minutes. Um, but something's not right there. I agree, and I think it's more that Emil needs to show Arteta that it's still there. It, he has to, I guess, do that in training behind closed doors, and we're not going to see that to get the opportunity to play. Um, and he has to stay fit. This is one thing that I think even the commentators made a point of, is that, you know, he's he's had quite a few setbacks, and even the last one before this injury, he was ready to come back into the team. I think he got 20 minutes again, and then he got injured. And it is something, I don't know whether or not it's we we train our players into the ground. We've seen it with Bakayo Saka. We play them far too often. We don't rotate enough. We have the youngest side in the league, or at least the second youngest side in the league. There is something, there's an element there that we, we are not necessarily uh, facing into the problem of tired legs. And, it, it, you know, it, when he does get his opportunities and gets injured, then we, 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 you know, we're paying the price. And so I don't think Arteta, that is another element that I feel he's like, I can't trust him. I can't. And that, you know, party, another prime example. Not too sure he'll get straight into the team. So let me ask you a question then. If that's how you if that's how you think Arteta feels, why are we not putting him on loan to West Ham and letting him get game time and up in his value so we can sell him? What what yeah. what's the decision there? Well, uh, uh, my my feeling on that is uh, you don't want to strengthen a rival, not to say that uh, West Ham are, are that much of a rival to us, but they certainly are another London side. And the second part is we don't have enough depth. He might not trust him, but he trusts him enough that if we have injuries or we have problems, he can come into the game and at least do a bit of a job. I don't think he trusts him enough as a starter, and we don't have enough depth in this team to lose a player like Emerson to throw at this point in time. I think if we were to sell him in the summer, we would be still looking, and I know we've already talked about another six. We could be looking at another eight. Like Those are the kind of transfers we'll still need to make. We'll need to replace him, unless one of the academy boys kind of comes into the fold a la... Saka and Smithrow did back in the day. Patino's the one then. I mean, we, we talked on the last one, like, you know, he, he lets, I, I, I'm still of the opinion, he's a great footballer, good feet. I don't think he's got the physical attributes yet to hit the ground running in the Premier League. And I feel there's probably another loan. And I think he, he might have to take some of that on the chin like Saliba did in order to progress in his career enough that he can come into this team and prove to be the player that we want him to be. Maybe. We'll see. Maybe. But we'll see. Like, I, I, this is the problem. We talked about this on the previous pod, I think. Like, do you really think if Patino comes back into the squad next year, how much game time is he really going to get? We got dumped out of the League Cup early doors. We got dumped out of the FA Cup early doors. Those type of players are never coming into Champions League games. They're not coming into really high-intensity Premier League games. Champions League, it's just not going to happen. So, I'm not sure. Needs a German club. Needs to go on loan to the Bundesliga. Yeah. Um, 
in here, I just wanted to quickly mention a few other things. I wanted to talk about Saka. I know you mentioned him briefly earlier mm. on in the pod. Uh, no one, no one seems to want to talk about it. It's like Saka is like the untouchable. He's the golden child. And I think again here, and this is maybe coming from a, a more uh, touch the nerve on my part. He was my captain in my fancy football team. Uh, so it's probably done double, double problems to me because he, he didn't do anything this game. But it just feels like he really has lost some of that spark, that ability to beat a man. There seems to be, I don't know whether it's a fear on his part that he just doesn't want to drive at players as much as he used to. He... The cutting inside just doesn't seem to happen as much anymore. The petulance as well. He, he does get fouled a lot. There's no denying. And I think there was some rumours circling that Arteta had complained to the PGMO L to the Saka gets fouled too many times and there's no protection from the referees, which is fully kind of justifiable. I think he was the second most fouled player in the league. But he, he does go down a lot and he does kind of like throw his hands up, like, you know, instead of maybe just trying to keep playing on play to the whistle and, and do the things that he does best. It's just really a shame. Like, we love the boy, absolutely incredible player on his day. It's just really a shame just to not see him at the level that he was at last season. I and mean, he really needs to hit it because it's going to become a bigger problem as this season progresses. I just guess we expected uh, levels this year, right? We just yeah. we expected another level, and I think we've we've not even got what we saw last year. And obviously, he is our Salah. And you look at what Salah's doing, and then you compare the outputs, and and if, I argue if you know we we are top of the league if Saka's gone another level this year, right? But easily top of the league. Because yeah. we don't, we get we get those goals and assists in those games when we don't score, and we get those points that, that put us top of the league. Um, but he's not been at that level this year, and um, or at least I, I again, I always very conscious of why when I say this because someone will pull stats out and go, "Well, no, he's been pretty consistent if you look at his stats." But but I, I mean, I use the eye test. I'm using the eye test, and the eye test is the. The bit that's making my nose go. Something didn't smell right. Getting all the senses, Chase. Bit of eyesight, bit of smells. You're gonna start tasting Saka next. It's gonna be lovely. Probably salty. Probably salty. Right, that is uh TMI. Too much information, Jace. Um, let's move on. Uh unless actually, did you have anything else in extracurriculars, Jace, that you wanted to bring up, or can we move on to the parking lot? Let's get into the parking lot, Grove. Parking lot. Uh, I had one. Well, we didn't talk about it on here. So Rice came off in the 80th minute and there's talk of a potential injury to Declan Rice. Um, how catastrophic could that be to our season if it proves to be an injury, Joyce? Um, I don't really want to think about it, to be honest, mate. Um, it's over, isn't it? Really? Without Declan? I mean, is it is it just I our mean, luck? Not to Thomas be... Party kind of comes back as Declan Rice probably uh, goes down. That just seems to be just our luck. Yeah, I mean, look, if Thomas Party comes back, you could say, "Well, hang on, Thomas Party's coming back." I'm like, "Well, one, he hasn't got a proven track record for fitness. Two, if he's got Granite Jacker alongside him and Thomas Party's coming back, that's okay. But I don't think you can compare Havertz to how Jacker played last year, and therefore." Yeah. I don't have that same kind of confidence. And therefore, there's a big gaping hole in our midfield, and it makes me very worried. So when I say, you may go, hang on, you're over-dramatising over what you just said there, that the season's over. I don't, Obviously, we're not going to get relegated or anything like that, but you know, we could struggle for Champions League without Declan Rice. Genuinely could. Yeah, Genuinely could. We could, be talking, we could be talking Europa League. Maybe even like fighting for Europa League because he's such a big difference maker and consistency. He brings us every game, so you just got to pray, really. Um, touch all the wood around you, Jason. If you've got any, yeah, mate. I think it's probably, I mean, I this desk is probably MDF, mate. I've got no hope, yeah. (laughs) I've got glass, so I definitely got no hope. Um, I've tasted Tuesday and Wednesday night Champions League football again. I don't want to go back to Thursdays. So we're going to need that boy back fighting fit and ready for that Liverpool game because that is the one 
is uh, of the utmost importance. I think we can roll out a Jorginho party, something rather against Nottingham Forest to still get away with one if we need to. Let's just hope it's not as severe as maybe party. you think. Party wasn't even on the bench though, right? So he's not. He's not. He wasn't. So I was checking that. So I, I was. But I thought he would have been. There's so much talk saying he was like there or almost there. It did seem strange to not see him on the bench, and I really do hope there's either nothing untoward in the background or any other further setbacks. Let's see. Let's see. And it never surprised you, Thomas, right? So mm, true. What? Do you, anything else for the parking lot that you've got, Jace? Nothing. Literally nothing apart from it's going to be another bit of a boring week and a half with no Arsenal now. It's like another mini break. So I guess the only thing to say is can we rest up again and capitalise on that and come up with a storming performance away at Forest? But it's a, are you worried about that game? I am. We I don't am. play well away at Forest. And well, they're good at the away. they're good at the city ground. To be honest, as well, that's where they're being. They're getting a lot of their points this season. Um, and when we when we rolled up to their last season, we 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 got a, a hiding, and we were shit. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to need to be at it. Do you remember when we played in the white kit in the cup there as well? I mean, that that what the less said about that, you know, it's a great course, absolutely fantastic course. Can't deny it. Just don't wear it. Ever again, because we're we're frankly shocking every time we wear it. Sell it, give the money to charity. Sell it. Arsenal fans will buy it because it looks great. It will sell loads, but don't wear it on a pitch. Yeah, it obviously has some something associated with it. I was I was going to say as well, just during this game. Obviously, I'm a little bit of an opposition watch. Eze was great today. I, I really like the look of um, Eze, and I think that uh, he is f- far beyond Palace. And I know there was talk of him potentially going to Man City, maybe last summer or maybe this coming summer. He's got a lot of um, uh, parties attracted in him. And I can see why, because he was far their best player on the pitch, apart from one that didn't play, which I think you you like the look of, uh, Jace. Yeah, uh, I mean, Elise is pretty damn good as well, right? He's. I think he also was mentioned in City. I mean, I think they probably both are. And... You know, we need we need players of that kind. You know, City got Doku. I was surprised they didn't get one of the Palace guys. I think Doku is probably similar in, in in stature and speed, and maybe even a financial fair play option is probably maybe a cheaper option than bringing bringing in a, a Premier League talent. Um, so you know, maybe City are trying to make up for 115 charges. Good luck. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I would love one of them in our team. Um, whether we've got that kind of money to spend in the summer on some one of those, I highly doubt it, to be honest, mate. Um, I I think if one of them ends up anywhere in the Premier League, it's probably going to be United. Um, because just the fact that they have money and they don't have as many financial uh, fair play constraints because of the revenue they bring in and they've got obviously the new investment... So yeah, and, they're awful, gonna and be... they've got awful wingers, so they're going to need some new wingers to come in. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I think for me, that's like a most obvious option because if City have brought Docker in, and they're not going to go for him. Liverpool have got winger. They've got, I mean, attackers in 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 hands handfuls. I mean, the other scary thing is they go to Spurs. That 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 that, that could be scary. But uh, as where are they going? I mean, I don't. I'd love them. Arsenal, but I, I don't see us investing our money there when we need the striker. So, yep. and we and we clearly want the striker. So, yeah, uh, great. As they had a great game, and um, I wish him all the all the best at Paris Saint Germain. <laughs> right, uh, that'll do us then uh, for today's podcast. Although it might have felt like a maybe a somber fair at times. Uh, a 5 0 victory over Crystal Palace, third place in the league. You know, well, there's not much you can say wrong about that. But we did spend an hour trying our best. Yeah. Uh, Chase, <laughs> well, we have to, yeah, we've got to be critical. Always got to be critical because there's always things you can do better. Um, and talk about things that you can do better. Our audience can do better by liking and subscribing our content as much as you possibly can. If you're on YouTube, please do give us a like on this video, give us a subscribe, turn those notifications on to make sure that you can show uh, when our next video is going live. Jace, if they're on their podcast provider of choice, what do we want them to do there? 
please give us a review leave a star rating preferably five of those lovely stars and again you can follow us for our apple podcast or wherever you get your podcast from and that will appear in your feed ready to go whenever you have a new episode available we are we're still currently five stars as well on spotify so you know continue that trend make sure you're fighting the good fight giving those five star reviews we really do um, appreciate it right we'll see you i did actually have one suggestion uh we're, we're 10 days away from arsenal's next game i did consider doing a bit of an opposition watch over that 10 day period so if me and jason get back together we might ra- look around uh the, pl- the clubs and the players that are around us and talk a little bit about what's going on in the league before arsenal travel to the city ground and play Nottingham forest so we'll definitely will speak to you uh if not between definitely on that game and we'll see you again soon thanks all Cheers, guys. Have a good one. Come on, you!